Welcome to Bright Lights Big Data, a podcast about people, places, and data. I'm your data host, Tammy Armstrong. And I'm your planning host, Mike Armstrong. And we're continuing our Give Local series this mm-hmm. December. Today, I interviewed Don Martinez Oropesa with the organization Alexito. And it was just me for this one. Yeah, a lot going on lately and coordinating schedules and all that stuff. We did this one kind of during the work day. So Mike took care of this one and and also is doing the next one solo as well, which I really, frankly, appreciate very much. So thank you for (laughs) handling these this month. Yeah, hopefully I do you proud. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't uh, listened to the recording yet. We'll see when I'm editing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed my talk with Don. It's a fantastic organization. I learned a lot about their work in the Des Moines metro, but also throughout the state of Iowa. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about all that. And we're going to throw it over to me starting the interview. Yeah, enjoy. All right. Today we have with us Don Martinez Oropesa uh, with El Exito. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, So we are continuing our Give Local series where we're talking with uh, local nonprofits that are having a major impact in our community. Mm-hmm. And we're really excited to talk to you and about Alexito and the work that you're all doing. So let's start right off with question one. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to this position? Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm Dawn Martinez Oropesa. Um, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, but I've lived across the country actually working in different Latino organizations. This is my first non-education or arts administration job, Um, but it's a good way to, it balances everything that I do. So I moved back to Des Moines to work for the state of Iowa, Iowa Arts Council. And then um, when this position came open, it was a perfect time to kind of marry the immigration work I've been doing, the community activism work, arts education, and after school. It all just kind of came together in Alexito, which has been great. So I've worked for the Cesar Chavez Foundation, the Mexican Heritage Plaza in San Jose, just a a wide variety of different arts orgs. Fantastic. Yeah. So you're currently with Alexito. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about their mission, what sort of role they play in our community? Mm -hmm. So um, Alexito is a statewide organization. We're serving about approximately 800 youth a year. We're in nine school districts, but 33 schools across the state and talking with many other communities as well. We started off as an organization under American Association of University Women, who've been advocating for women's rights since the late 1800s, actually. (laughs) And the teacher of the year, Jan Mitchell, in Marshalltown, was the committee chair of the diversity and equity for AAUW. Mm -hmm. So she ran into one of her students who had come, you know, the largest influx of Latinos was in the the late 1990s. So one of her students came in and GM was able to help her get a college degree and and go on and she ran into her and she said, what do I do with this diversity (laughs) and equity? And it was a difficult transition for Marshalltown at the time. It was very hard for the Latinos. Um, This was before the raids. And they created this 
concept of a mentorship program, a monthly mentorship for eighth grade girls. We had a very high pregnancy rate, dropout rate. So it was community leaders, mentors meeting with Latina girls and kind of dreaming big mm-hmm. is what it started off as. Then we became our own nonprofit. Other AAUW sites wanted it. And then we were approached to um, expand capacity is when I came on in 13. And so my background is in after school, a lot of after school programs. So we expanded at that point to weekly after school, paid facilitators. Mm-hmm. We have boys and girls. We have, we've gone down to fifth grade. Our college students stick around and really we need to build a college program, but um, they come back to program. We have 50 contractors across the state that work with us. Um, so building the leadership, you know, we have young facilitators from high school, we even have a high school facilitator now to community leaders. And then, so we're doing curriculum that is based on building career and college prep, but leadership and civic engagement is a big piece of what we do. So we have after school, I'll like still after school, which is a middle school program. Okay. Um, then we have Movimiento, which is our high school program, which then gets, it's more youth participatory action. So it's more geared toward like getting those kids really engaged and, um, and then we have RICA, which is our LGBT group. We have Dream Seed, which is our youth-led business. Um, actually, they're bringing the most money to our organization, so uh, very successful kids. The CEO is a high school senior. Wow. Yeah, so there, we have five high school students um, that lead the group and take products to the public. And I feel like we're missing things, but we also have a summer camp that is an intensive for college prep because um, that's a hard yeah. thing. And our juniors are freaking out about SATs <laughs> already. So we're remember that time. contemplating building up a ACT summer preparatory program as well. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Busy, busy. We're extremely busy. And then we also have the mental health task force at, um, with my Mid-Iowa Health. So mm-hmm. that's been a two-year project and working with another group of selected youth out there. So moving for another 18 months with that. So yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. So I think that's everything we do. And we have a scholarship program for the seniors. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is certainly a very comprehensive package, right? <laughs> it's big. Can you tell me a little bit, what are some common misconceptions about your work? Even within the Latino community, I think people are unclear about who we're serving. We do have a couple African refugees. We do have some Asian refugees. We have Native Americans. So it's not just Latinos, but people think it's just for new immigrants or it's just for second generation and we serve everyone. So that's a big misconception or you have to only speak Spanish or you, sure. you know, so it's, it's very complicated because we have a, such a diverse, you know, Latino isn't one right. race, right? So there's a lot of diversity within who we're serving and a lot of different needs. However, the majority of our youth are from mixed status families, about 89%, but 80% actually has gone down a little because we do have some asylum seekers this year. 78% right now of our students were born in the United States. It used to be 60%. It might be a little bit lower of Iowans. So these are, mm-hmm. we're serving Iowans. They may be 
fully bilingual. They may go home and speak only Spanish, but they're Iowans. Right. And so um, I don't think people think of... We are still new Iowans. In fundraising and organization and um, capacity within the community, we're still new Iowans. Yeah. But as families and community goes, we've been here. You know, we've established our place. And I think we're very quiet. A lot of our families, a lot of our organizations kind of try to go under the radar because of fear of the political situation. And so, so we get overlooked. And so I think there even is a... A lack of mis um, what was it? misconceptions because a lack of conceptions. There's a lack of con- yeah awareness. There's yeah. a lack of awareness of our needs and who we are. And you know we're 26 in growing percent of the population here in Des Moines yeah. in the schools and Marshalltown Perry. It's over um, 50 percent. It's yeah. like 53. Um, so I think people don't realize it. I think the biggest misconception, especially in the metro. Communities don't realize that the leaders of tomorrow are those kids, mm-hmm. are my kids. And if they don't engage them in and build their capacity, they won't be engaged in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. They won't be engaged in Marshalltown. They won't be right. leaders um, at Principal or Wellmark or, you know, name any corporation. They'll, and I see it with, we work with a couple corporations that have high Latino populations. They're in the, you know, the round, the metro. They bring people in from South America or other places. And so they're they're from a different economic bracket. Mm. They don't give back to the community because they're, they may in their own communities, but they're not contributing to the diversity and the population and the leadership of our metro area. So, and a lot of them, you know, plan on going back home. So it's... um, I think that's a huge misconception of for Des Moines and for the metro and for a lot of our communities of who they're going to be in 10 years. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a it's a huge huge issue. Because the majority of the leaders have been here since the 90s, like right. late like 2000. You know, it's, you know, 20 years. Oh, my gosh, it's been 20. I've been saying 10. <laughs> it's been 20 years, but um, my family's been here, you know, since the 30s. But, you know, we haven't built the kind of capacity that other communities have Yeah. or support. I'm sure there's a lot of similarities. I mean, the policies and institutional structures would be pretty similar. But is there a different need or experience between, say, work in Des Moines or a larger metro versus something like Marshalltown or a more rural area? Hmm. Um, That's a good question. You know, every single community that we work in of the nine, and, you know, because of rural flight, like, you know, like Clarion is actually three communities or four communities that we work with. It's Goldfield, it's Dallas, it's, you know... So there's there's that. It's actually kind of bigger than what we say. But each community has its own issues that are happening for Latinos. All of our communities in the rural communities have at least one or two Latinos. It's taken us a while on some of them to switch from AW members to mm. identifying and working with a Latino. And so there's that, like there's a lack of leadership. There's a lack of opportunity 
to develop your own personal leadership. We're in Des Moines, I think that there's a little bit more support for that. But there's no infrastructure in a lot of those communities where if... Um, right. I remember there was a call about a raid that was going to happen in Tema. And at the point when we didn't have that, our leader set up there, like they called me, they were calling people, who do we contact to let the community know? And, and there's nobody, right? So, So that's kind of frightening. And then there's some of our rural communities that ignore any issue or see that the Latino students are any different or need anything different. Mm. And the systemic racism is so blatant in those areas. I went to one of my programs and was working with the middle schoolers because the kids are a little bit out of control right now. And one of the boys, we were talking about colonialism and things like that and he brilliant kid and he had told me that for the second time a teacher has cussed him out in front of the whole class like using words that we aren't allowed to say on this, right. way, on this program and there's no one that's going to go to bat for him yeah. and the school wouldn't reprimand that teacher like you know they know that the kids parents don't speak English you know but there's nobody he can go to to say this is wrong. Right. You know, and so those kids, they're, that's one of the groups that we went down to fifth grade because there's so many issues. The kids are being tagged quickly as you're a Latino. This, you're, you know, the bar so low for their achievement. And so it's a lot harder in some communities than it is in Des Moines. I mean, there's some issues in DMPS, but not right. at that extent. We know who to go to, we know who we can talk to yeah. in Des Moines. So. So some of these things you've touched on, some seem very obvious, but can you state for me, why should the community care about the work of Alexito? You know, not only is the future of rural Iowa in a lot of communities, the future of Des Moines is going to be a brown future. This, it's We have the largest group of students in DMPS it's over a quarter like mm -hmm. we are the future and if latino organizations like alexito um, lli camigo if they're not supported there's no supports for those kids and i'm i've been working on trying to how to say that me and gabby who's my assistant we've gotten four calls in the last two weeks one letter from a student who's not our student who doesn't know what to do because she's never met with their counselor at school. She's undocumented and wants to, she's an honor student. How does she get to college? You know, and this is, you know, all of our kids have been accepted already, right? Like, so right. we've gotten, one of the mothers called us about the police did something extremely illegal to her brother. Where does she go? You know, she was turned away from Des Moines human rights. Like, so walking her through like what her options are child who's suicidal and it's run away from home my parents called us about that they're lgbt you know we, we get these calls right and we cover so many bases right you know from the juniors who are freaking out about their ACT, you know and i think i don't think and maybe this is a misconception my high school program we have right now 40 kids on the roster, which is a little bit ridiculous. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot. Now we have kids from not just DMPS because they all come together. But 
Johnston and Valley, and we get kids from all over that comes here. We get kids from Colfax Mingo that comes here. Sedell. Anyway, I have a group of extraordinary scholars. Like I have 12 kids that are above four points doing everything right like if you could have the perfect kid they're they know they're a little they're a little too know-it-all but uh, (laughs) but they know like they're on the best track they can be you know they're they're taking leadership roles in school they're at corporations doing jobs they're smart smart kids and walking them through like they've all been accepted all of them are going to Iowa State, um, <laughs> which is like not, it just happened that way. But they're all scientists who want to be doctors and they're all accepted. They've, but walking them through their FAFSA, walking them through some of the issues that have come up about their parents' mental health or their parents' immigration status or calls and texts at 11 o'clock at night of, of a scholarship and things like those kids are slipping. Right. These kids are going to be, these kids are brilliant. And these kids are going to be, like, for us to lose them, to not support them, if we weren't here, I don't know if they would make it through, to be completely honest. Because, you know, they're not getting the kind of family kind of support, right? Like, right. And I'm not blaming their families. I just mean in general. Like, people aren't, the schools aren't, you know, it's like, I don't have time for you because it's the ratio of, student counselor to a student is the minimum is one to 400 mm-hmm. like they're not like they have limited time with kids that community support is needed um you know people kind of get mad at us about driving our kids places or doing things like this but if we don't do it who's going to do it and if we don't do it what's the future for des moines for corporations and teachers and social workers going to be if we right. don't diversify if we don't have kids who understand where they come from and, and all of that, especially for politics and for voting, right? Yeah, and I think of even from like the more business side of, and like self-interest, mm-hmm. we constantly hear conversations about talent attraction and retention and. You know, right now Des Moines is growing, but it's not like we're always going to be growing. It's not like we're always going to be able to pull in. Like, in terms of building up that talent level and helping this area succeed, like, we we can't afford to be throwing away our own talent. Yeah, right? we should be growing our own. It shouldn't be who can we bring in from South America? Who can we bring in? They need to be proactively looking for space. Right. For the kids that are in DMPS in it. And I guess I need to be a little bit more concise with this question. No, it's totally it kind of goes everywhere, right? Yeah. But like, you know, when you talk about, and I say this all the time and it's ridiculous, but so much of it is based on like sports teams, right? And like North High gets like this rap, right? And But those kids, you want to sh- show me the strongest kids in this school district? It's the kid, football players from North High who go out there every week. <laughs> And know they're going to get their butts kicked. Yeah. And go to practice and work hard. That is a warrior. That's a leader. That's somebody I would want to run my organization. Right. Not somebody who, you know, gets a little hot and has four people behind them who can fill in for a minute. You know, like that kid who gets up over and over again, you know, who goes and takes care of his brothers and sisters. And then, you know, that's the leader that I would think Des Moines... 
would want to embrace. Absolutely. You know? How do I do that? <laughs> Who can help me on that? <laughs> um, so let's transition a little mm-hmm. bit to uh, current day, near future. What are you most excited about right now? You know, I, we had a program on our movement mental program on, on Wednesday. Our students, they went through a caucus about what we'll do next week for the Christmas party, <laughs> um, which related to them. But it was a beautiful, like they did it all on their own. I was like out of it. And the t- three leaders from three other groups just came and sat down together. Right, it was gorgeous. And everybody from their little, you know, their little squads like sat around them or stood around them and listened to them dialogue about how they were gonna come to consensus. And they did that on their own. Like, oh, it was, like if that could be our future of politics, right. how beautiful that would be. And knowing that, you know, at least four of those kids are able to vote, right? That's I'm excited about that potential of civic engagement with my students. I'm also really excited about the work that the Mental Health Youth Task Force has been doing. They have uh, four recommendations that they've presented. Hasn't got a lot of traction, but they've presented to national conferences, and that was to academics, which was amazing. They also have presented to the school board, um, Iowa Department of Ed, but they're gonna continue that work with the Mid-Iowa Health Fellowship and focus specifically on the technology gap for low-income students, and that kind of broadens our conversation including every race, really, and the homeless kids and the kids that are in DHS. And so that kind of broadens it. And I'm looking forward to see what happens with that because our kids don't have access. They're writing their college essays on their phones, which, right. like, come on, that's, <laughs> that is not possible. It's, you know, how competitive are they going to be? Um, so those two areas are business, um, dream scene. It makes me excited every week. They come up with new products, and we're going to be going back out into the community. They partner with a Spanish-speaking business. They pitch an idea. They pitch a product that they'll take to market, and then the organization pays them for the materials, and so mm-hmm. and then we go out and sell. And so we're going to be gearing up for round two because um, they do a lot of the Day of the Dead at the Art Figgy mm. Art Museum and all that but we're gearing it for the second round of that partnership and to see to build up the awareness of the philanthropic spirit of the latino community Mm -hmm. as givers and they may not be giving to like united way as much but they're they give and to change that perception for des moines is exciting and then we are you know we're building up not sure if it's going to be an endowment or or funds for future operations so that's exciting we need to really establish a fund for operations which is really really difficult with um, nonprofits Mm -hmm. Um, we've also seen a lot a slide in support over the last two years in this political climate from funders Um, so it's been it's it's a challenge it's always a challenge, so, but we're up for it. We're excited about it. Um, oh, that's incredible. The need conti- continues to grow. We just need to be able to, to support it financially. Yeah. So, yeah. So our last question, perhaps mm-hmm. our toughest question. Uh-huh. What should we have for dinner tonight? What I had for dinner last night, we have leftovers, so you can Ooh. have some, but um, 
because it was a long day. Uh, pozole, have you ever had pozole? I have, though not in Iowa. In New Mexico? Uh, in Chicago. In Chicago? Okay, so that's what I would... So, like, if you make a really good chicken soup, a broth, mm-hmm. and then you go get hominy, and you have to have a lot of hominy. Okay. Like, like my, we get, for the four of us, like, one of the gigantic ones, right? Um, and then you, like, squeeze lime on top. Like, I do chicken. I don't eat pork, so... And then you shredded lettuce, or some people do cabbage, like lettuce. And then you have tostadas... Oh, but you also have to put, like, you can put as much as, like, oregano or lime juice or um, chili powder mm-hmm. on top. My, our tahini is one of the things my kids put on, but they like it really sour. Mm. Um, and um, <laughs> I don't like it. And then with, you get the, the tostadas, and then, you, like, you put the, I put it on top of my tostada and eat it in bits. But it was, like, so... It was so nice not having to cook for one. Sure. But it was just like, you know, chicken soup, you know. Yeah, it's winter, it's cold out. It was great. It feels amazing. And it's filling, like the hominy is so filling, you know. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Yeah, that's what I would do. So, as part of our Give Local, how can people support El Exito, get involved, um, find out what's going on with you guys? Well, you can go to alexitoiowa.org. We have a donate button there. You can give to our scholarship fund, those 12, and that's just in Des Moines, those 12 amazing scholars, but we have um, seniors across the state, so the money goes to them, the Mary E. Campos Scholarship. Um, We have a Facebook page for that, um, as well as you can donate directly on our website. Um, So the kids honoring Mary's name and the legacy that she has of giving back to the community is one of the guiding factors for the scholarship. Um, and then Dream Seed, you can go follow them. Please do. It's D-R-E-M-S-E-D dot O-R-G. You can go check out the products. We'll actually be, uh, well, this is timely, but we'll be at a couple sales this, this winter. You can go and purchase their stuff. But we have some Christmas wreaths. We have some one-of-a-kind shirts that have been just designed. Christmas ornaments. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's all the places you can find us. Well, Don, thank you so much for joining us, teaching us about Alexito and the work that y'all are doing. Um, it is so fantastic and exciting. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So thanks again to Don for that great interview and to Mike for taking care of it. Yeah. So again, Don mentioned a few ways that y'all can get involved in Alexito. We'll also add those to the show notes Mm -hmm. so you can find them there. And whether it's Alexito or a different organization that really sparks your interest or resonates with you, this is a fantastic time to start to learn more about local nonprofits and get involved. So please consider these organizations as you're planning your end of year charitable giving. And as, you know, speaking of of charity, if you wouldn't mind tossing some ratings and reviews our way on Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, we always appreciate that. It helps us attract new listeners and all that good stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you know, you can always find us at brightlightsbigdata at gmail.com, at Twitter at blbdpod, Mm -hmm. on Facebook, brightlightsbigdata, and, uh, you know, maybe just around town. You might find us. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.